And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gismondi and BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony. Hello, British Columbia, and welcome to the show. I'm Anthony Gismondi. Uh, just before we get going today, and we do have a busy lineup, uh, we talked to Harry Herchig about the Vancouver National Wine Festival recently, running May 16 to 22 across the city. They announced uh, the wineries attending today, just before we went on air, and uh, it's a long list, uh, over 100 wineries, so I'm surprised they, they got the number up. They were worried about it because of post-COVID, but there's going to be at least 100 wineries in the room, including 42 Canadian wineries, uh, many of them that you will know, Burrowing Owl, Harper's Trail, uh, Kismet, Kitsch, Road 13, Quailsgate, so a big lineup from there, Moraine Estate. And then from around the world, it looks like Italy will uh, lead the charge with about uh, 15 or 16 wineries, and followed by Spain, which is nice, uh, and the United States, as we might expect, uh, with another about 20 wineries. So all of that information is available at winefest.ca, as well as the tickets um, uh, for you to buy. And I imagine they're going to go quick because they're also limited. They're keeping the room numbers down to keep everybody safe. Uh, so there you go. That uh, kicks off the show, but we've got a busy show today. We're going to have on Thomas Bachelder. If you've never heard Thomas, uh, the passionate Thomas Bachelder, uh, make sure you stick around for him. He is a superstar in Ontario. Also joining us is Lisa Baxter-Burke, uh, experience manager at Blasted Church. Uh, Deborah Moore joins us to talk about uh, Remax uh, real estate across the South Okanagan. But up next, Perry Maxfield is the general manager of Sellertech. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismondi, and we will be right back. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Winter blues? Change them to red, white, and more at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery and the Modest Butcher in West Kelowna. Stop in for free tastings in the wine shop. Enjoy happy hour at the Modest Butcher and dig into the new Modest Brunch every Sunday. Plus, watch for the launch of the Modest Tribute Dinner Series, one night to experience delicious flavors from around the world. For more details, visit ModestButcher.com. Take a break from the hustle and bustle of the city and relax in the beautiful South Okanagan. Get outside and enjoy fantastic wine and culinary offerings throughout the region. You'll find over 180 of BC's finest wineries. From the Naramata Bench to Summerland's Bottleneck Drive to Oliver Asuyus Wine Country. But before you go, make sure to check the website for updates on weather, highways, health advisories, or for more trip inspiration. Go to visitsouthokanagan.com. Sell smart, buy with confidence. Whatever your unique real estate situation is, Ryan Duffy is the expert you can count on to make a decision you won't regret. From Kelowna to Assis, Ryan will ensure you have all the information to find a home that fits your budget, family, and lifestyle. With 18 years of experience as a managing broker, brokerage executive, and a multi-year award-winning realtor, you can count on Ryan. It's your choice. Choose wisely. Choose Ryan Duffy for all your Okanagan-based real estate needs. To connect with Ryan, visit southokanaganhomes.ca. BC Food and Wine Radio wants you to join them at the 43rd Vancouver International Wine Festival, May 16th to 22nd. 
For a free International Festival tasting ticket worth up to $129, book a downtown hotel via stayvancouverhotels.com by May 6th. Details are at vanwinefest.ca. Limited supply, so book now. Come see Anthony Giswandi talking with fine stars in the tasting room at the Vancouver International Wine Festival, May 16th to 22nd. Don't wine and drive. Now, back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, and a shout-out to Bounce Radio, Salmon Arm 91.5 FM, and all the other 19 cities across the province on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our guest is Perry Maxfield. He's the general manager of Cellartech, a supplier of... Uh, Commercials, uh, commercial wineries, breweries, cideries, and distilleries, uh, which is pretty much everybody making something in the province, uh, although you work across Canada and North America. Perry, welcome to the show. Thank you, Anthony. Glad to be here. Uh, great to have you. Maybe we'll just start with uh, a little background on Cellar Tech. How, how would you explain your company to our uh, listeners? Well, we, uh, we've been around for over 15 years, and uh, we provide equipment and supplies to, uh, to the beverage industry. Um, and we've, we've got many facets of our business, um, from uh, screw caps to equipment to ingredients for wine uh, and lots of expertise within the company itself. Yeah. And you're, I, I know you're working in Niagara and also in, uh, in the Maritimes, in, in Nova Scotia, and in all those regions, at least where wine is made, but also, I guess, where breweries are located. That's correct, yeah. We, uh, we do a bit of business in Nova Scotia, um, a fair bit in Ontario, and then a large portion of our business is right here in BC. Mm. Well, we'll start with a tough question first. Supply chain is all we hear about at the moment, and I imagine it's impacting your business. What can you tell us about how you're getting your supplies? Because you're sourcing uh, from around the world. We are, we are. And uh, the biggest change we've seen in the last couple of years is, uh, is getting goods in from Europe and China. Uh, container pricing has gone from you know, $8,000 a container to $25,000 a container, and that's uh, that's a real wow. issue for staying competitive in the marketplace. Yeah, I'm sure it is. And, uh, of course, the pandemic probably didn't help uh, either with people, uh, although I think wineries were bi- were busy. Do you notice a drop in that, or how, how was that affected? I, I really noticed, the, and I was really proud of our wineries, for pivoting the way that they did. Um, I think there was probably a little bit of fear in the first few months, um, Mm -hmm. like we all had, because we didn't know what was going to happen to our businesses. But I was really, really happy to see the wineries using their entrepreneur um, abilities and and go right to their tasting rooms and look at their um, wine clubs and and pick up, uh, picking up locally at the wineries. And just the way they handled everything was very, very good. And it really changed... uh, their ability to be competitive and, and actually create revenue through that whole whole uh, pandemic. Yeah. Well, you know, when I started on the wine business, I did, you know, I, I mean, I travel a lot, but I traveled a lot internationally and saw all kinds of equipment that I never, ever encountered in Canada. Uh, but over the last 15 years, <laughs> I see it coming here. Now, what can you tell us about the equipment that you've been putting into wineries and how it's changed over the last uh, 10 or 20 years? Well, it's it's changed immensely. Um, I think some of the the biggest changes in equipment uh, 
you know, the, the crush pad equipment has remained <clears throat> kind of the same as it was before. Probably the biggest change in the, in the crush pad was uh, um, sorting equipment like optical sensors, um, you know, not using human power to, to sort berries, but using a, a piece of machinery. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not cheap. They're very expensive. But that is, that's one item that I've seen in, a, in some of the larger facilities in Canada. Um, bottling lines have changed. Packaging equipment has changed. Um, I think the biggest change, uh, the quality of the equipment has always been very good. But our ability to offer packaging equipment down to smaller systems like 600 bottles uh, an hour all the way up to 2,200 bottles an hour um, has really changed the the ability for the smaller wineries to be competitive, package their own products, and right. have the flexibility to package their own products. Yeah. Uh, our guest, our guest is Perry Maxfield. He's the general manager of Cellartech, a supplier to uh, commercial wineries, breweries, cideries, and distilleries across the country. Uh, uh, I'm going to stick on that for a second. What about boxed wines? Have you seen much of a movement in that direction uh, in that equipment? During the last couple of years, it, it was a huge part of, uh, of um, distribution for some of the larger wineries. Uh, um, I know Andrew Peller and Mission Hill and Artera um, ramped up their, their bag-in-a-box programs and, and you know, provided those, those medium-cost wines to the households uh, when, when nobody could kind of go out and, and, and search out to their favorite restaurant or pub. So yeah. uh, it's been a big, it's been a very big deal, yeah. Is there much of a difference between BC and Ontario or, or Nova Scotia and what they order for for their wineries? Sort of based on the kind of wines they make, or is that is it all the same? It's very similar. Um, I think that uh, the equipment really follows the the ability to to, to create revenue and 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 the marketplace. Um, the wineries in BC are smaller. Um, some of them, I will say, um, a lot of the, a lot of the wineries in Ontario are, are, have a larger production or, or some of them have a larger production. And so the, the equipment choices are, are very similar, um, between Ontario and BC. Uh, Halifax, uh, has a couple of large producers, but many, many smaller wineries. So we don't see, we don't see a ton of, um, you know, uh, optical sensors and, and, and large bottling lines and that type of thing out there. But, mm. uh, but in BC, uh, we see a wide variety of, of new products and, and technology that comes into the province. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering too about, I mean, there's been such a move away from, from uh, using all new oak, so little less barrels, older barrels, stainless steel barrels, amphoras, and now concrete. So, how do you manage all that? Is that is that a shifting uh, thing for you every year? Yeah, we've seen. Um, we carry uh, we carry oak barrels. We also carry barrel alternatives. Um, we carry amphoras. I don't uh, I don't sell uh, concrete tanks, but um, we do see a lot of them coming into the wineries in BC. Um, and when I say a lot, I mean, you know, a sampling for, for different wineries. There's not, stainless steel will never go away because you need, uh, even if you're using concrete, you're going to rack it off into a stainless steel tank and, and right. finish it in there and then, and then bottle it. So, um, I think they're, they're trying it out and, and seeing, seeing how, uh, the, the consumer responds to it. 
Amphoras are kind of cool. Um, there's been a, a smattering of them sold around BC and, and winemakers trying, you know, different methods in amphoras. Mm. So that's uh, it's kind of it's kind of a cool new thing. Um, yeah, and stainless steel barrels. Um, I know a few wineries that use use a lot of them because it allows them to put small batches into into a small container and, and deal right. with them that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our guest is Perry Maxfield. He's the general manager of Cellar Tech. Uh, I imagine you have a lot of different people working for, for you, from technicians to what about winemakers and people who know about, you know, the end product? Is that important as well? It is, yeah. Our two, our two experts on, uh, on the, uh, the wine side that uh, handle a lot of the ingredient lines that we sell for us and technically help winemakers. Uh, one is Andy Shillington. Um, he's our, uh, our, our expert on Lafour and AEB ingredients. And uh, recently we hired uh, Maddie, um, Maddie Whalen, uh, who was previously at Mission Hill and APL, um, with years and years of experience. So it's nice to have that in-house uh, to help the winemakers. Yeah. Um, each person in our company kind of has a role and uh, and, a, and expertise behind it. Um, my business partner Peter Glockner, he's uh, about many years in the wine business and, and beer business, so he brings uh, that knowledge with him. Uh, my other business partner, Paul Maxfield, is a mechanical engineer, had his own engineering firm for years, and uh, worked for some large corporations. So mm-hmm. he's uh, he's great on the on the on the you know, when you're building a new winery and, and you want to plan it out and you want to do CAD drawings and we can do all of that for them and lay it out and, you know, years in advance. Right. Uh, well, before we let you go, there is the topic of ingredients and I'm always amazed at uh, what gets, what makes its way into wines and then the, the whole other pushback about how nothing should be in wines. What sort of things do you sell that, that wineries need in terms of that? Um, enzymes, uh, tannins, um, yeast, uh, those are probably the biggest things. Fining agents are another thing that, uh, that we sell a lot of as well. Um, they all are necessary and they've all always been, you know, in wine for, for years and years. So, um, good quality products and with the expertise on how to use them and where to use them. And I know winemakers, you know, they're not heavy handed. They, they like to look at the the, the wine as it as it comes each year and they only use what they need to so it's it's a uh, it's an interesting process perry uh it's uh, fun to catch up with you today and talk a bit about uh, cellar tech and some of the things behind the scenes that uh, go into winemaking in british columbia thanks for joining us on the bc food and wine radio network and uh, we'll catch up with you soon thank you anthony it's happy to be here Perry Maxfield, General Manager of Cellar Tech and a supplier to the commercial wineries, breweries, cideries, and distilleries across uh, Canada and North America, has been our guest. Hey, our show is powered weekly on 20 Bell Media radio stations across the British Columbia uh, province, and uh, it's on demand on all the major podcast platforms. Still to come, Lisa Baxter-Burke joins us with some exciting news coming out of Penticton and Skaha Bench. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gizmondi, and we will be right back. There's more to come. This is PC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gizmondi. 
It doesn't have to be alcohol to be rock and roll. It just has to be naughty. Bring the party with Naughty from Thompson & Scott. Beautifully crafted, organic, vegan, alcohol-free sparkling wines that have taken the drinks industry by storm. Beautiful bubbles. No alcohol, no compromise. So go ahead, get naughty. You've got nothing to lose but your preconceptions of what alcohol-free can be. Visit softcrush.ca for more details. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan, a place where you'll learn to fall in love with winter all over again. Enjoy mountain adventures. Visit almost 100 wineries, craft breweries, cideries, and distilleries, and experience world-class locally sourced restaurants. It's the perfect destination for a relaxing winter getaway. But before you go, make sure to check the website for updates on weather, highways, health advisories, or for more trip inspiration. Go to visitpenticton.com. Smoking Loon believes that good wine doesn't need to take itself so seriously. This simple premise has guided them for over two decades to produce wines crafted for those with an appetite for adventure, like their Smoking Loon Syrah. So whether you're relaxing dockside or simply enjoying a well-deserved evening at home, bring along a taste of cottage country. Uncork and discover a rare bird at a BC liquor store near you. Or visit SmokingLoon.com. Sun, water, soil. Organically farmed and made in collaboration with Mother Nature. Liber Farms terroir-focused small lot wines capture the essence of the Okanagan and Similkameen Valleys. Join the wine club and receive delivery of award-winning wines and new releases in spring and fall, plus early access to library wines, complimentary tastings, and more. Visit them this spring to taste in their spacious covered wine garden in Asuyas. Discover more at liberfarm.com. Simply great wines. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Now, here's Anthony. Hello, British Columbia and all listeners across the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. And a special shout out to our podcast listeners in Columbus, Ohio, Brooklyn, New York, and Frankfurt, Germany. They just keep coming from all around the world. Our next guest is uh, from much closer, Lisa Baxter-Burke, who some of you may know from Penticton's Front Street Brasserie, a charming French restaurant she ran with her husband, John Burke. It's joining us from Blasted Church Winery to reimagine the on-site visitor experience. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Tony. It's so great to talk to you again. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to talk to you. I'm sad you're leaving the restaurant. May, let's start there. What's going on with the Front Street Brasserie and, and Blasted Church? How is it working? Oh, it's working fantastically. We couldn't have uh, landed in a better spot for 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 us for uh, Front Street Brasserie. Um, you know, we, as you know, transitioned to a bit of a um, take-home experience um, mm-hmm. during COVID. And although we'd had five wonderful years running uh, the beautiful Front Street Brasserie, uh, the experience of uh, doing the at-home dinners was just not as rewarding as the face-to-face service that uh, both John and I really love to give and it yeah. was um uh, yeah it just it just didn't uh, ring our bells the same way that um that we love to really showcase what we can do right so, so it's yeah, been sold so or but 
but staying yeah, open. Or? So we've sold we've we've sold the um, the assets, and a wonderful new person is going to be moving in uh, to okay. that beautiful spot. I know that she's going to absolutely uh, continue our legacy of beautiful hospitality. She's changing the concept, but she's fantastic, and we're so excited for her to be opening up in that beautiful spot. Okay, and you are taking your expertise to Blasted Church, which I think is a fantastic idea, and uh, good for them, too. Thank you. It's, it, you know, we really, um, I'm so excited to be here. It, uh, my position is experience manager, which I just think is the most lovely way of describing a hospitality director. Um, yeah. So I'll be in charge of the wine shop um, and a few new really exciting things that we're going to be doing here, which uh, uh, include a brand new chef uh, who's going to be joining me here too. A brand new chef. Now, who would that be? It's, it's you know, like the worst kept secret, but uh, John will be joining me here as well, and we are so, so excited. Um, he's going to be doing some really exciting things. He's going to be um, operating um, a little grill down by the lower level pool area, um, so he's going to be doing that three days a week with a rotating um, barbecue snack uh, menu. Um, wow. It's going to be really great, yeah. It's going to be such a great place for him to showcase what he can do outside of traditional French cooking. Yeah. So we're also going to be, yeah. Our guest is Lisa Baxter Burke, and we're talking about uh, new hospitality options that you're going to encounter at Blasted Church Winery this summer. She's heading up the visitor experience team. Before we get back to that, I just want to talk a little bit about the experience. So you have been you've been in the wine business a long time prior to the restaurant business. So and it's changed a lot. What what is your sort of concept of what a winery experience could be or should be? Well, you know, there's just so many wineries um, that you can visit uh, up and down the valley. I mean, that's just in our own region, right? I mean, right. aside from going down to um, Washington or California. Um, so we really, you know, we really want to be able to host something a little bit different. We want um, people to have a number of options right here on site. So we'll be able to, people will be able to visit the um, wine shop and have a beautiful um, chef-created uh, cheese and charcuterie plate paired perfectly with our wines. Um, you can go down to the pool level and have a lovely uh, barbecue snack like a tostada or a dry-aged beef hot dog. Um, or we're also going to be offering um, in our uh, new uh, experience center called The House. Um, mm. A couple of days a week, we're going to be doing bespoke tastings where John will be creating really beautiful small bites um, paired with four different wines. So it's going to be a really um, uh, exciting experience. John will be cooking right there in front of people as they're seated, um, and we will pour, uh, pour wines that are perfectly matched with his little bites. Yeah. Well, I guess what, what what I'm learning is that winery experiences are becoming a bit like uh, YouTube sessions and website sessions. Like people are staying longer, doing maybe visiting less wineries, staying more time at the wineries that they're visiting. Absolutely. And I think what people have gotten used to over the last couple of years is making reservations when they are going to visit wineries. I think right. COVID really changed that for people. So I think what people are doing is visiting winery websites and going, okay, what can I do here? And reserving not just for one uh, tasting, they're going, okay, well, then I'll also book in for this um, barbecue session. I'll also book in for something different. So I think people are able to spend a little bit more time for sure, but also be able to um, book all of those things ahead of time uh, online so i think that's been a great change that's happened with covid now have you had a chance to get involved with your uh, with your uh, fellow employees at blasted church because <laughs> they are 
knocking it out of the park. I know they won two platinum medals at Wineline. They finished second in BC and third in the country out of uh, out of the more than 100 wineries that entered the award. So they are really uh, pulling it together up there on the bench. Isn't that something? I, I tell you, you know, we've worked with Blasted Church for a long time at Front Street Brasserie. Blasted Church always had an imprint on our menu. So mm-hmm. um, Evan Saunders, who's just a fantastic young winemaker, was a regular guest of ours, and he always brought in something new and exciting. Um, and John Bailey, our vineyard manager, was always um, uh, visiting as well. And so we've, we've had a relationship with this team for a really long time, and we couldn't be prouder of uh, the big award that they're taking home and so well deserved it's uh, yeah. their wines are just fantastic and we can't be couldn't be more excited to be uh, showcasing the kind of food and service that we provide at this great place well evan saunders has a nice uh, resume uh of many stops in the wine business but uh spending that time he spent uh, i think three or four years at a soyuz la rose where yeah. I believe uh, the art of blending was not lost on him and balance and uh, <laughs> uh, the style of that the Soyuz La Rose has sort of bled over to Blasted Church and now we see these the, this style at Blasted Church which is which makes it so attractive. Hey, I want to talk to you a bit about Skaha because uh, mm-hmm. one of my big beefs is uh, people go out and create sub apps and then they don't do anything about them after they get their name <laughs> on the label. Are you going to put Skaha Bench on the map, or is that part of the plan, or how, how, can you get involved in that? That is absolutely part of the plan. You know, we're so proud of this sub-appellation, so proud of the fruit that um, that we've been growing here for so many years. Uh, mm-hmm. We're celebrating our 20th uh, anniversary this year, so we've been growing um, grapes here for a long time. I really, um, you know, couldn't be prouder to hang our hats on uh, on this side of the uh, of the valley and uh, the beautiful Skaha Bench. Like, is there a more beautiful place? The drive no. to work on East Side Road every day it couldn't yeah, it couldn't so get any better. Yeah, no, it's it's so beautiful there, and 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 Blasted Church is hidden. A lot of people probably don't know because it's up. You got to drive up, up. You know, you drive up the hillside over the bench, and then come back down to the winery and look out over the lake. It, like it's a spectacular venue, and I think uh, if I can jump in that pool while I'm there, that'll just be the you know the <laughs> gravy on top, I guess. <laughs> you bet. Yeah, we're you know we're hoping to have um, some pool parties this summer. Uh, John is also planning on doing some pig roasts, and uh, we're going to be having a great uh, 20th anniversary celebration in August. Um, wow. I'm working on some fun themes for that already, and uh, we're looking at booking some musicians. So it's going to be a really uh, amazing party to celebrate this great milestone 20 20 years in the biz. Yeah, Almost so people. You and me. People can, uh, of course, there's plenty of information at BlastedChurch.com, but how would you see it rolling out now? You're opening, uh, you're, you're going to reopen the winery at Easter time, that's mid-April, and then what, what, how will it roll out from there, all of these things that we've been talking about? Yeah, so we'll open up the barbecue area around May long weekend, depending on the weather. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, definitely an open um, uh, outdoor setting down there, so the idea yep. will be to do that for um, about May long weekend. And then we'll be running the um, bespoke tastings in the house um, in July and August. So then we'll also be able to utilize this amazing space um, for corporate events and private dinners. Um, we'll pl- be planning on bringing some of the great events that we used to do over at Fun Street Brasserie uh, to this great spot with this great view. Sounds great. Can't wait. Lisa, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, it was a real pleasure to talk to you. And uh, I guess we're going to see you on the Skaha bench this summer. Oh, we can't wait. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much, Tony. Thank you.
Lisa Baxter-Burke, uh, formerly of the Front Street uh, Brasserie and now the experience manager for Blasted Church Vineyard. Sounds like they're going to have a big upgrade to their visitor experience uh, later this uh, spring and early summer. Still to come, if you're looking to make a move to wine country, our next guest is an expert in helping you find a place to live up and down the Okanagan Valley. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismondi. Stick around. We'll be right back. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. This winter, the Inn at Therapy Vineyards invites you to get away for a luxurious retreat experience. Modern rooms overlooking the vineyards and Lake Okanagan set the tone for a relaxing stay on the Naramata bench. Sip award-winning Therapy Vineyard wines on your patio, soak in the hot tub, and enjoy a guided tasting experience in the wine shop. Book your room online today or order Therapy Wines delivered to your door at therapyvineyards.com because everyone needs a little therapy. Smoking Loon believes that good wine doesn't need to take itself so seriously. This simple premise has guided them for over two decades to produce wines crafted for those with an appetite for adventure, like their Smoking Loon Syrah. So whether you're relaxing dockside or simply enjoying a well-deserved evening at home, bring along a taste of cottage country. Uncork and discover a rare bird at a BC liquor store near you. Or visit SmokingLoon.com. Taste the flavors of the season at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Their heated patio is open with more space for you to dine safely. So come enjoy a menu showcasing ingredients from their on-site culinary garden. Pair your meal with a new release Summerhill wine for an extraordinary organic experience. The flavors of the season are in abundance at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Online, summerhill.bc.ca. Clos de Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Clos de Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at closdesoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, and a shout out to all the listeners on AM 1150 Kelowna and all other 19 cities across the province on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our listeners are all over the province, so if you're in Fort St. John or Revelstoke or even on Vancouver Island and you're considering moving to wine country, Okanagan wine country, we've got some information for you today. Joining us now is Deborah Moore. She's a broker, owner of REMAX Brokerages in Summerland, Penticton, and Osoyas. Deborah, how are you today? I'm wonderful, Anthony. How about yourself? I'm good. Is it, is it almost springtime up there? Uh, almost. It looks nice and sunny, but that wind is still a little chilly. <laughs> okay. Well, you've been uh, in the real estate business for uh, quite a long time now. What what kind of uh, real estate do you offer or handle in your offices? Oh, that's a great question. Um, we do all types of real estate in our brokerages, um, residential, commercial, luxury, waterfront, um, we also do strata management, property management. Um, 
We assist we assist buyers and sellers with new home construction as well. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, we do it all. Everybody asks us what the market's like in the Okanagan, and what, I mean, we we've been hearing that people want to get out of town. Have you noticed that more since the pandemic, or what? What is the state of the market at the moment uh, in the Okanagan? Yeah, the market is uh, still quite brisk. Um, it is. It certainly has slowed down from last year's numbers, and uh, and I think we're all enjoying a more, a little bit more relaxed pace. It's a little easier for buyers and sellers alike. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where, where do they come from? How would you break well, down the people coming up there? Yeah. Well, um, it. it um, most of half of our market is local. Uh, mm-hmm. That being said, the other half, um, as you're saying, are from other areas, and certainly Vancouver, the coast, um, Alberta, and uh, that, and and from BC. Yeah. And uh, well, I, I guess we want to get down to the to the uh, to the nub of it. Why are they moving to the Okanagan? Do they give? Do you have a great sense of why it is they want to be there well you know the answer to that anthony it's the food and wine <laughs> drink wine right? <laughs> that's right yeah. well um i i can only uh repeat what i've been told and um our experiences with our clients and certainly my own experience um i never shared this with you anthony but um I moved from Ontario about 15 years ago, and I came here for a convention to Kelowna and Mm. just fell in love with, you know, obviously the lakes and the mountains and the vistas and the food and wine and uh, made the decision that you can live anywhere. You can work anywhere. Why not live in a beautiful place with a wonderful climate and just, you know, more rural setting, which appeals to me and my family. And many others feel the same. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, there's a lot going on in the last few years that's made it a little easier for buyers to live anywhere. So yeah. that's part of the reason. Yeah. And 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 speaking of that, like I know that people say, oh, well, I want to move to the Oak and I want to go to Kelowna. But I, for me, I know about all these other little towns and little places. How how do you sort that out? And, and is there more interest now in moving to uh, to Oliver or Soyuz or, or somewhere in between that as much as there is to go to Penticton or to, to, to Kelowna? Yeah, well, you're you're talking to the Queen of the South, so I'm a little a uh, little uh, partial to the South uh-huh. Okanagan for certain, but um, we're finding that many many uh, consumers and are interested in more rural settings and those little nooks and crannies, Okanagan Falls, Naramata Bench, Oliver. Uh, really uh, has attracted the interest of the buying public over the last few years. So mm-hmm. everybody's looking for that rural, rural place. Um, certainly if you're leaving an urban center, um, perhaps because of, you know, we've been all locked down for so long and also prices are expensive and you can get more room. So there's a whole bunch of factors driving consumers to our area yeah our guest is deborah moore she's a broker owner of remax brokerages in summerland penticton and the and we're talking about buying real estate in the south okanagan 
I, I, you know, another thing is that, that I, it, it, I wonder about. So I'm going to ask you. I often hear about people complaining about wineries and noise and things going on in their neighborhood. Don't people who know when they move into wine country that some of this stuff might be happening beside them? Really, I I never I don't hear that very often, and uh, you must be talking to the wrong lady because <laughs> I live in the Sumac Ridge Estates, uh, right up against Sumac Ridge Winery, and right. we just we feel really blessed to live in such a beautiful place. And both my husband and I still marvel. It's been more than five years now um, when we pull in to come into our our uh, neighborhood we drive by a vineyard and we love it we just yeah. it's great yeah well you're up so. that's in summerland which is really uh, an undiscovered jewel in some ways uh, it used to be the place that everybody drove by on the way to Penticton or to Kelowna but uh, now i think wise people who've settled there and there's so many great wineries too and a lot so much to do in these small towns so you're in a great spot there i think yeah uh, we really enjoy it yeah, how would uh, if if I asked you what were the sort of up and coming spots or maybe places that people don't know about that they should check out or if when they're looking to move there, what what, what sort of areas would you you know have them have a look at now? Well, we well we our brokerages are as you mentioned are in Summerland. We have the two in Penticton and uh, Soyuz, and which services all the way from Kelowna to the border. But, you, you know, we have many, many uh, buyers or love neighborhoods like uh, areas such as Peachland, uh, Okanagan yeah. Falls, um, and, you know, I'm trying to think of a few other areas. Caledon? As far out as Princeton. And, you know, it depends on yeah. what you're after, you know, and... Also, who the buyer is. If it's a retiree, they might mm-hmm. like to be a little closer to a small, you know, to a small town than right. being, you know, than being further away. Whereas, um, if you're younger, you want to live off the grid, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, I guess before we let you go, how about how is pricing going, and can we expect to pay more or the same as we're paying in the city, or how how does that work out at this moment? Because I know that prices are you know an issue everywhere in Canada. Well, what's it like in the Okanagan? Prices have gone up considerably over the last few years. Um, the average sale price, for instance, to acquire a property in Summerland is. Uh, just about a million dollars for a single mm. family home. That's wow. not, in, you know, not including uh, condominium sales or townhomes, but just if you want your own dirt. And what we're finding is half of uh, the buyers still want that single family homestead with their own piece of dirt. Um, but prices are going up. But in comparison to larger markets, larger centers like Kelowna. And in certainly Vancouver, you're finding still great value in the South Okanagan. Hmm. Uh, well, I've enjoyed this quick chat about the South Okanagan. I can't let you go, though, until I uh, find out what maybe perhaps your favorite wine is or wine type or the kind of wine you like to drink uh, more often than not. Yeah, that would be my Desert Hills Gamay. And if wow. you can't find, yeah, if you can't find any, um, Anthony, that's because I bought it it's, all. It's all at your house. <laughs> it's not at my house. So you stop on by. You know where I live now. <laughs> 
Okay. That's fantastic. Actually, it's a, that is a very hip wine to be drinking, so congratulations on that. That's uh, that's very cool. Gamay, kind of the undiscovered jewel of the South Okanagan. Deborah, thanks so much for joining us today. Of course, uh, for people who are looking for uh, homes or information or trying to relocate to wine country, Deborah Moore, broker owner of Remax Brokerages in Summerland, Penticton, and Asoyas, would be a great place to start. Thanks so much, Deborah. Thanks, Anthony. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Uh, well, I guess I've, uh, I need to sell my house before I do anything. That's I think that's the order now. First, you sell your house, then you move because uh, you don't you don't want to be out of uh, a house without a house to move into. <laughs> Although uh, I'm in the Okanagan so often, I, I should have a place there. Okay, enough of that. Up next, uh, I'm really happy to have our next guest uh, on the show. He's the conscience of the Ontario wine industry, Thomas Bachelder. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismondi, and we'll be right back with Thomas. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan, a place where you'll learn to fall in love with winter all over again. Enjoy mountain adventures. Visit almost 100 wineries, craft breweries, cideries, and distilleries, and experience world-class locally sourced restaurants. It's the perfect destination for a relaxing winter getaway. But before you go, make sure to check the website for updates on weather, highways, health advisories, or for more trip inspiration. Go to visitpenticton.com. Smoking Loon believes that good wine doesn't need to take itself so seriously. This simple premise has guided them for over two decades to produce wines crafted for those with an appetite for adventure, like their Smoking Loon Syrah. So whether you're relaxing dockside or simply enjoying a well-deserved evening at home, bring along a taste of cottage country. Uncork and discover a rare bird at a BC liquor store near you. Or visit SmokingLoon.com. Discover the good life right in your own backyard. Destination, the Watermark Beach Resort in beautiful Asuyus. Featuring spectacular views of Asuyus Lake, walking distance to shops, plus dining at the Watermark's very own 15 Park Bistro. And make sure to book your spring and summer travel now to avoid disappointment at the South Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. As someone who is starting or adding to their wine or spirits collection, you recognize your choice of a reputable supplier is paramount. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers buyers a safe, inexpensive way to initiate or enhance their collections. They're experts in the field, and all of their offerings are meticulously sourced from private sellers across Canada. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. Now, back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, and welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our next guest is uh, the one and only Thomas Bachelder. He was once described as the conscience of the Ontario wine industry, but he is much more, and we're delighted to speak with him today. Thomas, welcome to the show. Hey, Anthony. It's so good to hear your voice. I wish I could be out there hanging out in the vineyards with you. I wish you were out here in our vineyards uh, <laughs> making wine, but we'll, we will get to that. Uh, 
But Thomas, let's start with uh, let's tell people exactly where you are in Niagara. Let's start with that. Yeah. So I mean, I like you know, and 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 Anthony, we've seen each other in London a few times when the when the Canadians and I do mean four or five provinces going over there at Canada House, which along with Australia House and New Zealand House is on Trafalgar Square, and English people taste our wine, whether it's BC or Nova Scotia, and they go, where does this come from? And I say, <laughs> I try to find a shortcut. And I say, well, I'll tell you what, you know, you've heard of Niagara Falls? Yeah. Well, that the falls fall from a limestone bench, and where there are no falls, there are vines. And they go, yeah. right, I'll try it. And then, but that's about <laughs> as good as you can do. We get a long bench that at one part of the bench, the falls happen to fall from, the Niagara Falls, and then it's the U.S. on the other side, and they have a lovely bench, too. Yeah, that's a beautiful description, Thomas. Uh, with, uh, I expect nothing less from you. Uh, let's start, and let's move on to your philosophy. A lot of people talk about it. You're actually doing it. So what, 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 how do you see your mission now? Uh, I mean, you are a leader in Canada, and you're doing really cool stuff. So let's share some of your philosophy with people about how you're making these great wines. Uh, well, you're so sweet. I mean, the, the thing is, it's very simple. I'm not doing anything new, but what I am doing new is doing it with new places. You have to kind mm-hmm. of believe, you know, like you have to believe that terroir exists. It's a good place to grow grapes. You've got to find the terroirs in your generation. We don't want to wait the thousand years that the monks took in Burgundy to make it happen, even 2,000 years. We want to do it in a few generations, whether you're in you know, Lower Mainland or, or in Vancouver Island, Okanagan, or in Niagara. And basically what I'm trying to do is do the Burgundian grapes, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Gamay Noir. I'd love Aligate, but there's none around here. I'm trying to do them and do single vineyard sites and make the land sing, not make the winemaking yeah. sing, but let people learn about the sub-appellations, the VQA appellations. Yeah, it's one thing to to make the 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 land sing or talk in the wine, but how do you find that terroir, Thomas? How how how, did, how have you gone about that? Is it a is it a sort of a lifelong challenge, or can you find one tomorrow morning, or how how does it work? It is a lifelong cha- challenge. I often say that, and you know, I have the greatest respect for the gardens of let's say Victoria, but everywhere in BC, St. Catharines has great gardens too. But for me, my garden here looks like crap because you know what i realized the other day that my garden is my hundreds of barrels all with tiny single vineyard lots you know two to 12 barrels and trying to drill yeah. down to the best barrels and the best terroirs i think it's it's just about uh being the more you do it the more you do anything in life with goodwill the more the world will come to help you and so somebody will say hey listen i got five rows of 19 81 Gamay, and I'll say, did you say 1981, man? And, you know, it's like most of the stuff we work with here in Niagara is planted in 99 or 2000, like the Clos Jardin, where I work also. That's 20 years old. That's not bad. It's the end of adolescence. Mm -hmm. But when you're working with something that's 35, 40 years old, it's super special. So the more we do this, the more people come out of the, the woodwork. But they know I've done the same thing in Oregon and Burgundy. So, you know, we're starting We're starting to see, and, and again, it's not what Batchelder does, it's what the region does. We want the region to focus on four or five grapes so that we can discover terroirs. If you have 40 grapes, Anthony, you have lovely, what the French call vin de cépage, varietal wines, 
But we're all beyond that now. We don't want a commodity called Chardonnay. We want Chardonnay from somewhere. Is it from the Golden Mile Bench or is it from the 20 Mile Bench on our side of the you know, country? Right. Our guest is Thomas Bachelter. Uh, he's an Ontario vigneron and a wine grower, fast becoming a Canadian legend, uh, and someone who has a great passion for making wine and growing wine. Thomas, you deal with a lot of different people, uh, so you go to different sites. Sometimes you buy grapes. Sometimes you, you might own the grapes. You've got different clones, different sites. How do you manage to, to make a wine every year with all these different factors? That is such a great thing. Like, I, I remember being out in B.C. for Canada 150, where you guys had such, at the Vancouver Wine Fair, where, where you guys had such a great offering of B.C. and all Canadian wines. And that was the first time in my life that I saw Vancouver Island Pinot. Let's just take Pinot. And Pinot mm-hmm. from up north of the Okanagan, south of the Okanagan. And I realized there was this whole thing going on. So the clearest answer is, Sometimes a grower does not have the greatest viticulture. Sometimes a grower has really wide spacing and, you know, potentially diluted crop. I call that the John Deere spacing. In the early days, they made the spacing <laughs> of the vineyard as wide as the smallest John Deere, which was nine feet, right? Over two yeah. meters. So I guess well over two and a half meters. So I guess my point is when you do enough of this stuff, Anthony, you start to realize, you know what? With all its flaws, with all its vulnerabilities, and all the variables, the 20-mile bench tastes like this. The, the, the Beamsville bench tastes like that. Niagara-on-the-Lake, the flatter but warmer part, which some lovely wines, tastes like this. And you start to, as an averaging thing, realize that bench, that's Niagara-on-the-Lake. The same way you guys may say Northern Okanagan and Southern Okanagan. It starts mm-hmm. to have a feel as well as a taste. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a it's a fantastic thing that that you can get people interested in that. It's taken it's I mean it's taken your lifetime, uh, probably mine as well, in terms of getting Canadians to really buy into it. But I think everybody's on that page now, and it's moving quickly. So I I, I like that that we're now discovering uh, you know different places, and maybe more importantly, Thomas, accepting different styles because at the start, you know. Everybody would say to me, oh, well, British Columbia wines are all like California. They're not like Ontario. But that's not true anymore. And, and we're, we're different, but so are you different. But we're still making Canadian Chardonnay, which is different than Burgundy and Oregon and, and you know, many of the other great places that make it. We're catching up, I think. That's so well put. And I just, I'll underline it just by saying, for sure, when I, the first time I was on the road with BC, whether it was in New York or whether we were in London at this thing I was telling you about, uh, you know, on the Ontario side, they'd say BC makes jam. And on the BC side, they, they'd say that, you know, Ontario makes green thin stuff. And neither yeah. are true. And there's great wines made with great finesse on both sides. You just have to accept that there's, it's a big universe out there. And since we've done that, Anthony, I got to tell you, Despite the differences, when we taste in London, you know, the tasters, these great sums and these great wine writers, sometimes think that B.C. is a great next to Ontario. They don't know we're 4,000 clicks apart. That That's said, true. I use that as an impetus to say, well, why should I believe we're 4,000 clicks apart? We're brothers and sisters. Let's yeah. get on with it and let's have a Canadian wine brand and that really promotes all our regions. 
You know, yeah, the way with Frank you. does, for instance. Yeah, uh, you know, just following up on that, why, why is it so essential for you to go to London or to New York to talk about Canadian wines? What, what, when you go there, what, 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 what is in your mind or what's your message going to be to them? Well, I, I'm pulling off what you just said before. Is you think finally Canadians are drinking Canadian wine. The great, great part of our national character is I think we're conservative I'm not talking politics, or we're conservative. We don't shout our great things from the rooftops. We right. quietly let people discover it, sort of like New Zealand does. And I think that's a good part, but it's a bad part. We, we espouse every other country before our own. And now that we're finally doing it, it's great. But prior to that, we needed to be in New York as a team. We needed to be in London to get that pat on the back of people saying, what is this stuff? You guys are the next cool wine country. Do you know that when we pour at, Traf- at Canada House on Trafalgar Square, all the great writers are there? Why? Because if they go to that, there's 60 Canadian wineries. If they go to that tasting, they don't have to make a trip to Canada that year. That takes three mm-hmm. weeks to cross the country from Nova yeah. Scotia, Bubble East to BC. So yeah. they have to be there if they want to be in the know. And it's, it's, it's happening in our lifetimes, and it's really super exciting. Thomas, BC's only uh, four and a half hours away from you. When are you coming here to make a wine? So I went there after wine school in 1994 and interviewed at a couple of places like Blue Mountain. And, and uh, they said, no I, way. You named it. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, it was a long time ago, 94. But you know what? I, I found my way. I went back to Burgundy, and then I worked for Ponzi and Lemelson Vineyards in, 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 in Oregon before Oregon. coming to the, yeah, the Clos Jordan here in Niagara. And I got to say, BC is fascinating me. I, I, I know there's more than the Northern Okanagan for Pinot Noir and Chardonnay. I know there's lots more, and I'm yeah. exploring it every time I can get my hand on a bottle. Well, let's talk about buying Bachelder wine in BC. How can we do that uh, before we run out of time now? Okay, so we have a new distributor called Revelry. Uh, yep. They're great guys. I've known them from before. We're gonna, we're gonna, we have some, we have some endings of our our Burgundy project and our Oregon project that we want to get into BC. But we're we're nine tenths uh, Niagara now and be a hundred percent going forward. So Revel, Revelry is one way. They're going to distribute mostly to restaurants and direct to consumer. And, uh, and to private private wine shops, I would guess, too, right? Eh? Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, and, uh, of course, Thomas, we're not like Ontario. We are allowed to buy wines uh, from Ontario and, and ship them back to ourselves. So uh, that's another outlet for consumers. They can check you out at, on your website uh, to order the wines, I think, if you have any left. Yeah, we, we do, yeah. We do two releases a year, and April 2nd is all our gamets. We're doing eight gamets. And uh, in the fall, on November 1st, the Toussaint, we are doing uh, eight Chardonnays and eight Pinots. So it's a lot of single vineyards, man. Nobody can try all of them, but it's kind of like I like to say, you don't have to know all of them. You can buy a mixed pack of them. You don't have to drink them all the same night. But the idea is, if you were going to Burgundy tomorrow, Anthony, and you go to the Mountain of Bone, you would go to a producer you like, and you'd say, well, I'll have Les Greves, and I'll have Clos de Mouche, or whatever it is that you yeah. like. You totally. sort of learn what you like. You want to know more about the Beansville Bench, the Vineland Jordan Bench, which is called 20 Mile Bench, or Niagara Lake. There's lots of opportunities here, just as there are in B.C., and I think people over there, they, they like the Samilkameen, they like the Southern Okanagan, they like up near Penticton the Lower Mainland, or now Vancouver Island. You know, I mean, there's so many, and, and, and more than that now, I know. So mm-hmm. I think it's a very exciting time to be drinking wine in Canada. 
And I, and I think we've got to make high, high end, but we've got to have some stuff that the kids, when they're coming in, they can taste great Canadian wine. It can't be 13 bucks. It's got to be over 20 to be great Canadian wine. But, I mean, on a Saturday night, if I was 23-year-old, I'd be buying that because that's what I bought back in the day from France, right? Yeah. So I you think should come to BC. To it's make... over 80. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Listen. BashelderNiagara.com, all you could want to, to learn about the wines Thomas is making and that you can order. And, Thomas, uh, we really hope to see you either in London or in, out in Vancouver, maybe, or in the Okanagan sometime this summer. We could have a lovely chat and uh, drink some Chardonnay and Pinot there. That's right. I drink. I started like you as a journalist, uh, so I drink everything, but my heart is with Pinot. Pinot chose me as Chardonnay and, and Gamay, and I know you guys have so many people doing those things well. We'll see you in London in May or later this summer in the Okanagan. Thomas, thanks for joining us. Bye for now. Cheers. Bye now. That was Thomas Bachelder, uh, and that's it for this week's show. Special thanks to our technical producer here in Vancouver, Darren Regan. And next week, uh, we're going to be in uh, wine country as per usual with stops in the Similkameen, Oliver, Penticton, and Kelowna. For all of us at the show, I'm Anthony Gismondi wishing you a relaxing weekend. We'll be back next week across the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. That's it for today's show. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi.